0: Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Pastor Gary and Kimberly are not here today, as you notice. Hallelujah. So I'm going to bring the word today. So let me just pray before we do. Yes. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this day. Holy Spirit, we ask you right now, fall upon us. Come down upon us right now and fill us and change us and move upon us right now. Let our hearts be open to receive from you. Let our minds be open. We take away every clutter right now from our minds and we say, Holy Spirit, it's all yours today. And we thank you for everything you're doing in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me just get this thing turned on here. There we go. You know, it doesn't matter what you, you know, where you're at right now. You might be going through a hard time. You might be going through a troubled time. But God's here to move upon you. And I, I'm so honored. I got thinking about it. I'm so honored to be able to be alive during this time. Everybody's going, the world's going crazy. And I'm going, Jesus is coming back. Amen. And I am honored to be able to bring his word. I'm honored to be able to be a part of his kingdom during this time and bring more people into the gospel. Go and share and change people and see people delivered. Hallelujah. And ready to meet the king of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. So it's good. It's good. It doesn't matter what you're doing. God set you on earth in this time. God has a purpose for you, he has a plan for you, he has a reason for your being, he has a a place that you can bring hope, you can bring life, you can go and have the glory of God come upon you. And we're all living in that time right now, and I want to minister today on the call of God. I want to minister on the call of God. Now some of you might want to run out the room right now, (laughs) hallelujah, I'll just warn you, Judah ran from the call of God. He came, or not Judah, but Jonah. Jonah ran from the call of God. He ended up doing it, but he smelt a little fishy. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so if you like fish, you can run, but if not, go on. you need to sit and listen. I want to minister on the call of God because God has a plan for you today. We know in Romans eight twenty eight and 29, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, those called according to his purpose. Amen. See, God is working on your future right now. God is working on your tomorrow right now. You see today, but God sees tomorrow and God is working on something in your life. And I want to speak a little bit about the uh, Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 1.5, it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, Before you were born, I sanctified you and I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Says in the message Bible, before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. A prophet to the nations, that's what I had in mind for you. I thought, that's powerful. He says, I knew all about you. As I was growing in the Lord, I used to tell God, God, you knew when you got me. You knew what you got. You know, I was a mess. <laughs> and, and I said, God, you chose me, so you got to work on me. You have to change me. You have to bring me into that place that I can walk in you. Amen. It says in uh, other translations, it says, I formed you. I knew you. I gave you life. I sanctified you. I set you apart. I chose you. I called you. I ordained you, and I appointed you to be, to be. God has an appointment for you to be. You don't need to worry about those last five words of prophet to the nations. We'll get to that in a little bit. But God has called you to be all he's chosen you to be. God has called you for a purpose. And I want to bring out the call of God. The first call of God is a call to salvation. The call to salvation. The call to life. From death to life. A call to, ch- to, to a place. God goes and in our life, God will disrupt your plans. A lot of us had plans for our life. What we were doing, how we were doing. We were happy doing what we were doing, and God disrupted us. God said, no, I've got something more. God calls you to salvation. He'll disrupt your plans. He'll disrupt your circumstances. He'll he'll disrupt your thinking. God will all of a sudden be just the hound of heaven. He started saying, you need to serve me. You need to serve me. I've got salvation for you. You might have come in here today and just got drug in, or you might have just gone by and said, I need to go into this church, or or you might have been asked, or or your parents might have brought you in. But God had a plan, and he's going to disrupt you lots of times. God, I pray for divine interruptions right now upon every life in this place. You're building a bold church. You're building a strengthened church. You're building a church full of passion. You're building a a people full of hunger for you. I say, Father, show them purpose and show them revelation right now in Jesus' name. Jesus was going along and there was two fishermen, Peter and John, and they're casting nets. And he says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. All he says is, follow me. They had a life, they had a business, they were going on, but Jesus disrupted them. He goes on and here's James and John, the sons of thunder right after that. And they're mending their nets. And he goes, follow me. God lots of times doesn't you know, put out this big plan. You know? I want, he doesn't, he disrupts what you're doing. When we're saved, we're called to him. Called to him, not called to an organization, a denomination. Hey, we're called to him. Yeah. And in our lives, we, we say, God, I want to follow after you. I want to follow after you. And the call of God starts to come. And he didn't say, like I said, anything long and drawn out. I remember when I was in my 20s a couple of years ago. <laughs> I was in my 20s was not serving God, hadn't been in God, around God, hadn't gone to church since I was a little kid. I went and all I did, I was in construction, I was in the bars, partying hard all the time. And one night I was in this bar. There's this old mill that they turned into a bar. It was along this creek and everything. And, and I was standing there and I'd been drinking all day. I had shot, empty shot glasses of tequila all the way across there. I was, I was there and the Holy Spirit spoke to me I'd been witness to I wanted nothing to do with it I hadn't gone to church but i had been witness to by a best friend and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and I went from being totally wasted to sober like that and the Holy Spirit said is that what you want is this what you want and I looked and I saw these two guys making total fools of themselves and then I looked, and I saw, I saw this guy picking up on this girl, and I knew he was married. And here he was, just all over this girl. And I looked, and I saw these two girls fighting. I saw like six things right there. And I'm standing there, and God spoke to me, and he said, Is this what you want? I got mad and slammed down that last shot glass and walked out. My best friend had already passed out in the truck. I got in the truck and drove home and don't know how I got there. But God started speaking to my heart. He said, I have a plan for your life. I have something for your life. I want you to be saved. And the call of God is going out. And the question today, who will say yes? Who's going to say yes to their life? Who's going to say yes to following after God? Who's going to say yes? You're living in the world and you're not. You might be backslidden. You might be falling away. You may have never heard the gospel. But you're hearing my voice today, whether you're watching online or you're here. And God is saying, who's going to say yes to the call of God? Who's going to say yes? What happens is your spirit starts to hear the voice of God. Your spirit man starts to come alive. And God starts speaking and says, I have something better for you. I have a plan for you. I I want to know you. John 15, 16 says, you have not chosen me, but I've chosen you to bring forth fruit and let your fruit remain. He says, I chose you. You didn't choose me. I chose you. And God is looking and he's saying, I chose you today. I chose you. To serve me, I chose you to walk in me, I chose you. Those are strong words. We like the little, oh, would you come? I want to make you happy. And God says, I chose you. You're living your life one way, and I have another way for you. I have a life of salvation for you. I have a life that's going to bring light. He sees the end from the beginning. And you're called to be the light in darkness. You're called to be something different. You're called in salvation. Some people think Jesus is a a kind and giving son of God who never demands anything in return. It's going to cost your life. It's going to cost you to come to the place where you say, God, I want to serve you. Save me from my life. Save me. I don't share many testimonies of my past because... It's under the blood. The Bible says he'll take your sins and he'll forgive you. He'll remember them no more, so I'm not going to remind him. <laughs> not going to tell him because he forgot them. <laughs> and I'm going to live this life. Live this life. The call to salvation is here today. The call to salvation is in this place today for your life. You might have come here, like I said, because your parents dragged you, your wife dragged you, whatever. But there's a call to salvation coming to you. That God wants you. He chose you. The second call is a call to change. Sanctification. Sanctification. A call, you know, sanctification is that renewing work of God and salvation that's joined to our obedience. It's joined to our obedience. It's where God saved me and he cleansed me. But then there's a walk of change. There's a walk that I have to choose and change. It's it's renewing our minds so that we can change the way we live. That's, That's sanctification. And there's a call to that that God wants. Where we're not bent towards sin, but we're bent towards righteousness. That we don't pursue sin. But we pursue righteousness. We say, I don't want to live like that anymore. I want to live like this. Awful quiet here today. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. God has so much for you. And he wants you to be sanctified. I had things drop off my life. I never could change. Never wanted to change. And God to say, do this. Don't do that. And he would change me on the inside. he changed me in my heart. he changed me so I'd say, God, I just want to get closer to you. I want to be sanctified. I want to get closer to you. It's having our motives changed as well as our actions. You know, it's not just your actions, but your motives start to change on the inside. And you're saying, God, I want to get closer. I want to know you. I want to walk after you. I want to be with you. Sanctified. See, church is not just a place you go. You know, you go, I come on Sunday. No, church is not, it's, church is the place you be. The ecclesia, the draw, the called out, the, the coming together ones, the praying church. A church is something where all of a sudden you're changed and when you're changed, you know, you're transformed. God wants to transform us. I said before, I, I remember witnessing to this young young guy that was at our house with my granddaughter and I started witnessing to him a little bit he's 15 years old and I said you know my life used to be a mess I was I was partying I did all these drugs I did I didn't tell him everything but I said my life was a mess and my granddaughter was over there and she's looking and her head tilts and tilts and she goes poppy I thought you were always a Christian I said, yes, (laughs) there's a change. (laughs) I'm not what I used to be. Because I'm starting to be changed from glory to glory to glory to glory into his image. I'm not there, but I'm going to be better. Amen. Amen. And that's what God has for you today. Something that will change your life, where you're transformed, where you are in Christ. When you are in Christ, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away and behold, all things become new. That when you understand who you are in Christ, it changes your life. It changes. Amen. The more you know who you are in Christ, the more you won't want to be without him. The more you know who you are in Christ, the more you're not going to be out there. Because you're going to say, I want to be in Christ. This is so good. When you're hurting, he's there to help you. See, a lot of people accept the salvation, but they don't accept the call for sanctification. Amen? Well, I'm saved now, but I still go to the bars. I'm saved now, but I still do this. You know, we're all sinners, but God wants to change you. In this day, in this hour. He wants to bring a new life to you that'll totally blow you away, that you don't even remember and you don't even know. Sanctification is a place of choice. You choose to do right, you choose to walk right. It's a place of choice. It's not in that you're all perfect. I was not perfect. I know some of you. You're not perfect. <laughs> Amen. But sanctification is a place where we're steadily walking towards Christ. And the presence of God and the power of God is there to just help you and change you and move you. Amen. David had 400 men in the cave of Adullam. And they were getting pursued by Saul. And he had 400 men. And it says that they were in distress, in debt, discontented. You ever been there? Are you there now? Don't don't raise your hand. Hey, these men were a mess, but they hung around David and got in the cave. And they hung around David and they became the mighty men of war. Yes, they became mighty men of war. They became transformed because they got around him. Yes, See, the anointing and the unction and the, and the eyes of your understanding, they can't be taught, but there's sometimes it's caught. When you get around a man of God, when you get around a sister and your brothers in the Lord, all of a sudden it starts to get on you and you go, I can make it. I can do it, I can be changed. And God transforms you. Amen. See, we are not perfect, but he changes us and he's preparing us. I believe God right now is preparing his church for this end times. I believe right now, God has taken people and transforming them. So in these next few months, as he starts to pour out his spirit, as the power of God comes down, he's transforming people. And you're in this place, and you're thinking, he can do that to me? Yes. He's got that for you. He wants to do that for you. It says in 1 Corinthians 1:26. Says, remember, dear brothers and sisters, few of you were wise in the world eye, world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. You weren't there when God called you. Very few people were there when God called you. I can remember the day God called me. And you get in this place where, where you say, I'm a mess. God, you know what you're getting. You know what you're getting. My mouth was so vile, I couldn't talk to people. I, got, I stood in the back of the church. I actually stood in the back of the church, and I said, God, I can't talk to these people. I didn't talk. I was quiet. I was in the back because my mouth was so vile, I used to make up words in the middle of words. I would get upset. I mean, I'm not proud of some of the things I did. And I got changed. The Holy Spirit changed me. He set a watch over my lips. He transformed me. Amen. See, the call is a heart thing. Not rules. You come to church and you think it's rule. It's not rules. Thou shalt not smoke. Thou shalt not drink. Thou shalt not chew. Thou shalt not go out with girls who do. You know? <laughs> you, know? You, you, you don't. It's not rules. It's a hard thing. It comes from in here. It comes from in here where God starts to speak to your heart and God starts to change you and change because you choose to follow after him. And you say, God, it's time I choose. And there's people in here. It's time you choose. The call of sanctification is going out. And who's going to say yes? Yes. The call of salvation is going out, and who's going to say yes? See, there, God has good things for you. God has powerful things for you. It says in Philippians 3:13. "Brethren, I count myself not to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and pressing for, or reaching forward for the things that are before, I press towards the mark. For the prize of the high call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. I forget those things that are behind, and I say, you know what? I'm gonna press. I'm gonna finally come to my life and I'm gonna press towards the mark of the high call in Christ Jesus. I'm gonna press towards what He has for me. I'm gonna walk in that. I'm gonna talk in that. I'm gonna live it. And that call is going out for people to press forward in Christ. Press forward. And what he has. Press forward. And the question is, who will say yes? Who will say yes? Are you ready to say yes? I like what Paul says in Ephesians 4.1. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Paul's saying, I beg you, live a life worthy of calling. You've been called by God. And you might sit here and say, I don't know if I've been. You've been called whether you're young or old. It doesn't matter. You're in that place that God has called you to get the word of God inside of you. When the word of God is your base, you will not be overtaken by the lies of the world. When you get the word inside of you, I got saved. And when I got saved, I wanted to serve God. Next thing I needed was a Bible. <laughs> so I got, I think it was the Amplified Bible first, because it was easy to read. and it had a lot. But then my very first income tax, I got a Thompson Chain reference. I got, a, I got three Bibles. It was before computers, so I could just, and I'd open each one. And I'd start reading the word of God. And it gets inside of you. When the word of God gets inside of you, you will not be overtaken by all these lies out here. You will not. You'll know it. The word of God will be in you and something will come against you and you'll be able to say it's written. My God. Paul said, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Christ. Back to Jeremiah. God calls Jeremiah. He calls them and he says, I've chosen you. Before I knew you, I ordained you. I've chosen you to be a prophet to the nations. And in verse six, Jeremiah goes and says in Jeremiah one, then said I, ah, Lord God, behold, I can't speak for I'm a child of God, uh, I'm a child. I can't speak for I'm a child. This is where the excuses come up. Oh, God, you want me to do No, no, I can't do that. I, I'm a child. I'm too young. I saw an eight-year-old preach once. I said, I wish I could preach like him. No <laughs> word of God coming out of him, the fire of God coming out of him. We always, lots of times, when God wants us to do something, we come up with an excuse. I can't speak in front of people. Before I was saved, I was ruled by another spirit, and I was loud, <laughs> and I get saved. And you're like, this. lift your hands? <laughs> speak? Mo- Moses said, I can't speak. Let Aaron do it. Like I said, Jonah, Jonah ran from his call. You know, we do it out of fear and everything, but the calling is going to cost cost you to lay down your flesh cost you to come to a place where you live in the spirit cost you to a place where you'll say yes one person came up to me here a while back and they'd been saved but really weren't serving God and all of a sudden they came up and said I finally said yes and when I said yes everything changed in my life So you're going to come to a place where you have to say yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. The calling is going to go and come, and it doesn't matter what you're like right now. Catherine Coleman said, God is not looking for golden vessels. He's not looking for silver vessels. He's looking for yielded vessels. He's looking for people that will say yes to his call. He's not looking for your ability. He's looking for your availability. He's looking for you to say, what can I do, Lord? I want to serve you. And you put that yes into action. The calling's going out in some of your lives. And who's going to say yes? God is building a church that's going to be powerful in the world. But it's going to take people that say, yes, I want to do something for you, God. I want to walk. What can I do? What do I have to do? It's going to cost the third call the call of salvation the call of sanctification and the third call is a call to serve that's where you go oh boy God told Jeremiah I'm gonna call you to be a prophet to the nations you like that when I go overseas a lot of guys they love titles you know I'm apostle so-and-so, and I'm bishop so-and-so, and I'm so-and-so, and they've got a church of 10 people. <laughs> oh, really? And you see them a month later, and they got a new title. And all. God has called you. We like, we like uh, something big. I think of Paul. Here's, here's Saul. God goes and meets him on the road, knocks him off his horse. Lightning blinds him. And then he's gone. But then what happens is God talks to a disciple named Ananias, a disciple. I want you to go over here and I want you to pray for Paul. And you're going to lay hands on him. And Ananias, you read it, he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Back up. I know about this man. I know what he's done to people. I know he has authority. I says, I don't know about that. But he answered the call. And he walked over there. And and in Acts 9.13, Ananias answered and said, or in Acts, let me go down. I'd already talked about that. Acts 9.15. In 9.15, it says, But the Lord said to him, Go, for he's a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. We like that verse. Ananias, go. He's one of mine. He's going to go before kings and Gentiles and, and all of these people. We like it if God's calling us to something big. And then in verse 16, it says, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. <laughs> you like the part of going before kings. <laughs> but he says, You're gonna, he's going to suffer. Boy, it's real quiet in here. I need to tell a joke or something. <laughs> See, the call of God is going to cost you some things. It's going to cost you. If it was in today's life, we'd like to hear the calling, Hey, Paul, do you know you're going to write two-thirds of the New Testament? Hey, Paul, you follow me. I've got so many good things. I mean, you're going to be the next best thing. So many people. You're going to be, you're going to be so big on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram. You're going to be an influencer. <laughs> you know? I mean, we want that type of a call. We want that type of a call, you know, and, and you're going to do it for God, you know, but... Look at what I'm going to do for you. But God said, I need to tell him what he's going to do, how he's going to suffer, how it's not always going to be easy. But the call is there. Amen. How the call is there. You are created by God to flow and to fulfill and, to, and to made, you're made with a purpose. Amen. Every single person in this place is made with a purpose that God wants to use your life. Amen. And he may call you to great things, Or he might call you to small things, visible things or invisible things behind the scenes. But every calling that he gives and everything, you're consecrated to God. And his call is the same, whether it's to a a pastor, an apostle, or whether it's to somebody that's working with the children, working in the sound booth. Whatever the call is, whatever you're doing, whatever you're serving. amen. Amen. You're called by God. You are called by God. Amen. And the question is, who's going to say yes? Who's going to say, yes, I will serve him. I will do something for him. I can see Jesus. He's, he, Jesus has a, uh, something he needs done. He calls these two disciples. He says, hey, hey, boys, I got something I need you to do. And inside they're probably thinking, I'm going to lay hands on somebody? You know, watch them raise from the dead? I'm going to do miracles? You want me to preach? What do you want me to do? I need you to go over here and get a donkey. <laughs> Just go get it. And if somebody comes out, tell them the Lord needs it. You know, we want a calling that's big. We want something. And God says, I need you to serve in this place. And little did they know that Jesus would become riding in on that colt. Little did they know how great that would be. And they thought, he wants us to go over here and steal somebody's donkey? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, God's calling lots of times. It says in Colossians three seventeen, And whatever you do, whether it in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father through him. Whatever you do for God, whatever you do in serving, whether in word, you're speaking, or indeed whatever you're doing. Do it. Do it all in the name of the Lord. You know what that scripture does? It brings out a spirit of excellence. It gets rid of that good enough mentality. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you're doing something good enough. I'm out of here. No, when you're doing it for the Lord, you say, let's get it perfect. Let's get it perfect. It's for him. It's not just for for the place. here." And it gets rid of that. Where all of a sudden you're saying, whatever I do, I want to do it good. I want to do it right. And a spirit of excellence comes on to you. You know, Jesus didn't call for volunteers. He said, follow me. He just told them, follow me. Whether they thought about it or not. It says in Matthew 10, 39, in the Amplified, whoever finds his lower life will lose it, the higher life. Whoever loses his lower life, on my account, will find it, the higher life. So when you say, God, I'm going to follow the high life for you. I'm going to follow everything. God went and encouraged Jeremiah. After he encouraged him, he equipped him. God will equip every single person for what they're doing. You say, I've never done that. (laughs) I've been in the nursery before. (laughs) I was tying it, it's not my note. I was tying into a fellowship, another fellowship, because we had, our fellowship went through some issues that sometimes religious churches go through. And when we got there, we moved. And we got there, and the week we got there, they were having a conference. And they said, We need your help. I'd pastored for 10 years. Anything. I can be a head usher, head usher. Anything. We need your help in the nursery. I'm saying, What? We need people. We're short, and all these people are coming to the conference and you're a part of our church now, and you're saying you want to help, but I need... I said, but I want to listen to John Bevere. He's preaching, and I want to listen to to all of these other people that are preaching. You know, I'm going to miss it. I came for the conference. You came to serve. I came for the conference. We'll give you a cassette. (laughs) And I got a cassette for every night. And one night I got to go up. But I was doing it for God. I was doing it for God. And we get in a place where we we want to. God equipped Jeremiah. He said, I'll put my words in your mouth. He put something in him. He said, behold, I've put my words in your mouth. See, this day I've set you over the nations, the kingdoms, to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build and to plant. See, God will put inside of you everything he needs and you need to get the thing accomplished. You can't throw those out. I can't, but I'm a child. See, it's time for us to step out of our comfort zone. A lot of us come, and we like the comfort zone. The chairs are nice and neat. Everything's set. It's been vacuumed around here. Everything's set, and we like to come in and just and go out. But God's saying, I want to use you. I have so much for you. Uh, Somebody said, don't let your comfort con you out of your future. Don't let you living in comfort con you out of what God has for you. God has a plan for you. You're part of something bigger than you even imagine. You're part of something bigger than you. And, And serving isn't just an option. It's something that God, I want to serve you. Let your, let your calling take you past Sunday and Monday and Tuesday, and let your calling be a part of your life. Your calling is so much bigger for you. Your purpose. And you're in here, and some of you know you felt it inside. The Holy Spirit's c- talked to you inside. And God's saying, I have a purpose for you. I have a Paul said, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I kept the faith. He said, I went all my life since I was called. When you're in those tough times, your calling will carry you. When you're in the hard time, you can say, I was called by God. So I can still make it. I've gone through things in my life where all I can say is I believe. I believe. And I know God called me. I know God had something for me. And the gifts of callings are irrevocable it says in Romans eleven twenty nine, for the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable they're irrevocable God doesn't take them back John chapter 21 Peter was going through pressure Jesus had already died he even rose but in one verse he said I'm going fishing what some theologians saying is he's going back to his old lifestyle said, I'm going fishing some of the others said that sounds good and they took off and went fishing. And, and here they are. They, they catch nothing all night. They catch nothing. They went back to their old lifestyle, but it wasn't the same. They went back to their old lifestyle, and it wasn't working. And that morning, Jesus shows up. And, and one of the translations says, Jesus says, any fish, boys? How's that doing for you? You know, <laughs> he, they caught nothing. And when Simon Peter got the revelation that that's Jesus, he threw off his clothes and said, I'm getting to Jesus. I'm getting back to my call. I'm getting back to what I need. And he ran and he said, you guys take care of the fish. I'm going to the shore. I'm going where Jesus is. Mark, when he was young, when the pressure came and he couldn't handle it and he, he left, Paul got upset. So Barnabas and Mark went one way and Paul and Silas went to another way. But at the end of his life, in 2 Timothy, Paul goes and says, Get Mark and bring him also, for he's been useful for me to the ministry. You might be in this place and you're calling and you might have done something for God and started to work and doing, but the pressure of life or different things, the devil took you out or your flesh took you out. And you said, I'm going fishing. Jesus is at the edge of the shore right now. Saying, come. Come back. Come back to what I have for you. Come back because I have a life for you. Jesus spoke to Peter. And he says, Simon, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Simon, do you love me? Take care of my sheep. Simon, do you love me? feed my sheep that call was still coming alive and God has plans for people God has plans that he wants to move and touch in your life it says in Luke chapter 9 one guy came to Jesus and he said Lord I'll follow you wherever you go and Jesus said well foxes have holes birds of the earth have nests but the son of a man has no place to lay his head he said it's not going to be always easy it's not going to be always easy to follow after me. Another said, oh, Jesus said, follow me. And he said, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus says, let the dead bury the dead. A the theologian I, I read said his father wasn't dead yet. He just, you know, But he just wanted to finish that life before he went on to follow Jesus. He wanted to finish what he was doing. Another said, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell that are at my house. And Jesus said, No knowing having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. I don't think Jesus is saying you can't go into the kingdom of God. I think he was saying you're not fit. I think of people go to the gym all the time and they work out for months and they get up so they can lift up 100, 200 pounds, but then they quit. And all of a sudden, when they go back, they realize, I'm not fit. I've lost that thing. My chest is dropped into my drawers. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, you go. And Jesus says, get fit. You're not fit. Don't look back. No matter how hard it is, don't look back. Just keep pressing on. Pressing on into the kingdom of God. Let him. You might not be perfect, but just keep pressing on. See, God has called us. And when he calls us, he says, don't put off till tomorrow. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day for you to answer the call. Today, this day, September 18th, 2022. It's you and you're called to be a fire and you're called to be a light. And you're called to be not just some candle, but you're called to be an atmosphere changer. My wife and I—we just went on our 40th anniversary vacation. We hadn't gone on one since we got married—a big vacation. So we went to the East Coast, and we were going up along the coast of Massachusetts and New Hampshire and Maine, which is on the ocean. It's just beautiful as we're spending time together. And we're driving up the coast, and we pull off. We pull off in different areas, and we pulled off in this one area, and got walked up to the beach and started to look down. There's a few people down there. And all it was, it was like a separate, but this guy pulled in behind us on a Harley Davidson. And he comes walking up the path and he's all tatted up and everything. And I start talking to him. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? And I started talking to him and, and as I did the Holy Spirit, you could just feel the Holy Spirit setting this thing up. And he goes, yeah, he said, you know, I'm going through this stuff in my body and it's just, I got, got to get an operation. And he just starts going. I said, you know, we can pray. God will heal you. We can pray. God wants to touch you. And then he started talking about his kids and how his kids hadn't talked to him in two years. And he's just, he's broken some. And I said, let's pray. Rosie and I prayed for him. And we prayed for him. And then you could just see the light come on him. And the man goes and turns and he says, You know, when I was walking up that path, I saw you two and I said, There's something different about them. Was it because I was wearing a big old honking cross? No. (laughs) It's the spirit of God that's inside of you to be a game changer. And we got to pray for him. And when we got done praying for him, he says, God set this up. I said, yeah. (laughs) God set it up. We went, I, I can tell you how many times this happened on our trip. My wife wanted to buy this gift for my stepmom. And she, they'd seen it in this gift shop. So we went and wanted to go there that afternoon. It was a, like the day before we left. We went there early in the afternoon and they were closed. She said, oh, I wanted to get that for her. So I said, oh, "Okay, well, we'll find their hours or something." So I looked it up online and I got their phone number and I called them. So, what are your hours? She said, "Oh, I had to close early today. My dad is going through an emergency surgery in the morning, and all this stuff is happening." And and uh, she goes, "So I had to close up to take care of our kids." And and we said, "Oh, we were just wondering about getting this and that." And she said, "She said, I can come down there and open the store." And she said, I only live about five miles away. And, I mean, this stuff doesn't happen. She came down to the store and opened it up. We talked to her for an hour and a half. We prayed for her dad. We prayed for peace in her family. We prayed for miracles to happen. She was blown away. She was blown away. You know, God will set you up to fulfill his call. God will set you up. To do something. I can tell you over and over. And if you'll start listening to the Holy Spirit. When he's whispering to you. Not when he's just out here. When he's whispering to you. His voice will change things. Amen. You know. uh, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself here. But God has so much. I thought I had it farther. One second. I'm almost done here. Another 20, 30, 40 minutes. (laughs) Hallelujah. I don't know where my part was where I was. (laughs) You ever play that game when you're a kid, connect the dots? You know that thing where you get a piece of paper and there's all these little dots and you go one, two, three, four. And you're connecting all these dots and you get to the end and there's a picture of a beautiful horse. And you go, wow, that is cool. But you know what happens if you miss a dot and you're going around there? And you go, poop, And all of a sudden that horse is a pug nose. <laughs> it's ugly. You're a dot. And you're a dot. And you're a dot. And you're a dot. You're a dot online. And God's called you to connect. So he can fulfill and be a perfect church. So you can go on. If we didn't have the dots that stand around as ushers, if we didn't have the dots that teach the kids or, or up in the booth or all the different places, maybe you can do maintenance. Maybe you can go and pray. Well, join the prayer team. If we didn't have the dots, are you a missing dot? The call is going out. And God's saying, who will say yes? See, God placed in the body. We like Ephesians 4. God has placed pastors, evangelists, apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers. We like that, Ephesians 4, 11. I like 1 Corinthians 12, 27 to 31. It says, and God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondly prophets, third teachers, then miracles, yes, then gifts of healings, yes. And we stop right there. But it says, and God placed helps governments, which is administrations, people to rise up and lead a a small group. Administrations, diverse kinds of tongues. You know, I never read that. It's in there. (laughs) It's in there. God places the ministry of helps. God places that ministry of reconciliation upon every single person. And he has a plan and a purpose for your life. God has set, or he's appointed, he's ordained, he's put into, he's installed in the church. And you've been installed, as you're here, in those places. See, you have to be installed. God wants to move and touch and help you. You were created with a calling. A calling. God didn't save you and then say, well, now what do I do with this person? (laughs) The calling came first. God didn't save you and say, oh boy, I'll find a spot for God had a place for you. God had a place for you. When I got saved, I wanted to serve God. I said, I could build you a nice pulpit. I built furniture. A lot of furniture. I said, I can build you a nice pulpit with a with a carved cross on it. You know, because that thing's ugly. You know, I could, I could go and do that. And they said, You really want to help? Why don't you come set up chairs? Amen. Our church, at that time that we were in, they, they took all the chairs out for other things they were doing music, ministry, and everything else. So every Sunday morning, I'd be there at seven o'clock, set up chairs. And the pastor at that time, he'd walk in when he came and he kind of looked down. Is that straight? Wouldn't say a word, but I knew I want to do it good. And so I set up chairs. And Sunday night I'd come early for service to line up those chairs. And Wednesday night I'd come early to do those chairs. And then to take down all those chairs for their Friday night and Saturday night services. And I did that over And over and over because I was doing it for God. See, God is calling people. You have gifts and talents that you don't know, and it does not matter. God wants you to walk out your call. God has enabled you. God has empowered you to fulfill the calling of God. What can I do? Just ask. Just ask. What can I do I like Psalm 71 cuz I might get there someday. 71:18 says, "When I'm old and gray-headed, God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation and your power to everyone who is to come." Doesn't matter age. Young? There's young people in here. God's calling you right now to separate from the world and follow after him. Fulfill the call. Whether you're old, it's not time just to hang your boots up. It's time to pass the baton to somebody else. It's time to, you know, teach somebody else. Help them, young people. Catch the call that has been on your life. One of my favorite mentors, loved him, Lester Summerall. Used to come to our church. And I remember he was 86 years old. And he was preaching. He was preaching 300 times that year. There's 365 days in a year, if you know. <laughs> he took a vacation. <laughs> 300 times he was preaching for us here in Southern California and he was flying to Northern California that afternoon and preaching that night. And the man had so many things. He had a had, you know, bringing food to the hungry had shortwave towers around the world so he could preach the gospel to the world. And he was still going, and he raising up, raising up young people to follow him. Young people. See, it's time to pass the baton. Amen. Elijah passed the baton to Elijah. And Elijah walked with him all those years, just walked with him and serving him. Until the place, he said, I want a double portion of what you got. And he says, you've asked a hard thing. But if you keep your eyes on me when I'm taken up, you can have it. If you keep your focus on the call of God. Yeah, but I'm going through all kinds of things. Keep your focus on the call of God. Yeah, but my finances are going through it. Keep your focus on the call of God. Yeah, but my kids are acting crazy and they're out in the world. Keep your focus on everything God has for you and you will fulfill it. You will fulfill it and your life will be so happy. Colossians 4, Paul's at the end of his life and he's talking about these guys. He says, "Tychius, a beloved brother and faithful minister and a fellow servant. Onesimus, he talks about, and he says, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you. Aristocrats, these names. My fellow prisoner, Mark and Justice, who also sends his love. He goes, and he says, what a comfort they have been. God's gonna say to you, what a comfort you've been. What a comfort you've been because you walked after your call. You fulfilled your call. You've done your call. What a comfort you've been to the church. What a comfort you've been to Pastor Gary. You know, when Pastor Gary doesn't need to think about some of this stuff, that's a comfort. That's a comfort. When when you're in a place and you're just doing it, not looking for the badge, and you're just doing it, it's such a comfort. Amen? Amen? I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray first for salvation that's the first call that's such the greatest call october 5th 1980 walked into a little church wasn't even looking to do it went because of my friend asked jesus into my heart walked in heading to hell and i found out hell ain't cool (laughs) turned around And walked out heading to heaven I was traveling through Flagstaff Arizona I wasn't even gonna stay it wasn't like this is my place and I said I'm staying God hit me so much I gave I stayed and I served was I called to be a preacher no I made I made fun of preachers I mocked them I didn't want to preach I just wanted to love God but God said I've got something inside of you that I want to bring out into the world. I've got something. I have a plan and I have a purpose for you. And I gave my heart to Him. You're in here today. You don't know Jesus. You've never accepted Him as Lord and Savior. You've never come to a place where you've said, God, it's yours. I lay down my life. I know that Jesus rose from the dead. I know... That you have a life for me and I want to serve you I'm just gonna ask raise your hand and say you'd like me to pray for you anybody at all anybody at all yes God sees that hand any others yes God sees those hands any others you say I want to serve God I want to know him more than just church Maybe you backslidden, maybe you fell away from the Lord. Maybe you've gone back out into the world, but something dragged you in here today. It's called the Holy Spirit. He called you in. You'd like to go and give your life once again to the Lord. Anybody else? Amen. I'm going to pray this first prayer, and we're going to pray for salvation. So I'm going to not call you to the front. Not, I'm going to go, and we're just going to all pray this prayer. And as we do, I ask you to repeat it out loud and mean it in your heart. That's all you have to do. Repeat it out loud and mean it in your heart. So as we pray, why don't we, everybody just repeat after me. Father God, I thank you that you gave your son Jesus to die for me and rose from the dead. I ask you, come into my heart. Change me. Give me a new life. I will serve you. I'll live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Let's just give them a hand right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. That simple prayer is a door opening to your life.